On this episode of Year One, we speak to Keely O'Connor, storyteller and founder of Prosperitas Animation Studio. Keely is on a mission to harness the power of animation to educate and inspire people to take action on the world's most pressing challenges. We speak about Ikigai, entrepreneurship, routines, the importance of partnerships, holding yourself accountable, being your true self. Keely has a beautiful spirit, and if you're looking for some inspiration, this is the show with a difference. Sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Year One, hosted by me, Dio Klopis, and my good friend, Satish Bala. On Year One, we speak to early stage founders, business owners, and entrepreneurs about the highs and lows of the early years, the challenges and rewards, and everything else in between. So, without any further ado, let's get into this week's conversation. KV, welcome to Year One. Thanks so much for giving Satish and I some of your time today. We're really looking forward to this conversation. And we're going to find out more about your business. But before we find out about your business, we want to find out about the person behind the business. We want to get a little bit of your yes. backstory. What has happened in your childhood? What has happened in your informative years? What has happened during schooling years, your work career? Anything that has contributed to who you are today. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to diving in. Thanks for having me, guys. So... Should I? Yeah. So talk us through the moment you're like, the moment you're like, ooh, because I know when we first met, the reason I fell in love with your story was you're like, I love entrepreneurship. And I was like, man, oh man, let's go. Let's dive into this love. Well, I've always loved creativity. And I think that we can all agree entrepreneurship is very equal to uh, creativity. And growing up, I was always drawn to writing and not just any writing, but short form writing and writing where I could really use my imagination, not writing the school, my, my homework assignments. I wanted to do the fun things and then in my way through college where I chose to major in communication and creative writing, which is kind of funny because at the time. I just picked that because I didn't really know what else to pick. And my dreams of becoming a marine biologist as a little girl. Thinking, so good at math and science. I think I should change this direction before I start school. But yeah, it's funny that I majored in that stuff because, like I said, it was. I just wasn't sure what to do. But look what I'm doing now. I have an animation studio. It's visual communication and creative writing. I'm creating the concepts and writing the scripts. So I just, I love to see the full story, how, how everything comes together. And there's so much alignment in my life. But yeah, I just kind of kept following that, um, that intuitive push to pursue little creative things. I think for a period of time after graduating college, you know, it was a huge shift. I was having a great time at college, living kind of in a bubble. And then I started working full time and I thought, well, okay, so this is, this is what my life is going to be like the rest, the rest of my life. I got to work 7.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. constantly typing away on the computer. Just I was working for a tech PR agency and in the Bay Area, it was pretty corporate. We were working with high tech, um, high tech 
companies. I didn't understand the technology very well. And I remember being like, I don't get it. How am I supposed to convince these writers to write a story if I don't even get the, I don't even understand the technology? Don't worry about it. You just got to get the high level. Really? I don't. Anyway, so I just knew at that point, yeah, this is not going to be my thing. And oh, I could talk for hours. Basically, I've always known deep inside of me that there was something, there was a different path for me, something more unique, something more eccentric, something a little bit against the grain. And in the pandemic, I was at a different job. I tried to go the opposite of corporate. So I was working at a restaurant group in Arizona. And yeah, it definitely wasn't corporate. I mean, there's no HR. There's nothing like that. I'm not working from a cubicle. I get to go to the different restaurants and take pictures of the food and then eat all of it. That was a huge perk. But it became quite stressful. And it was kind of bleeding into other areas of my life. I wasn't very happy at all. And I was in a tough place. And then the pandemic hit. So I thought, oh, shit. Hopefully I can cuss on the air. This is alarming. This is concerning. I think I need to do something about this because I can't get any worse than than the point I'm at right now. And so I thought, you know, what are these people doing that are working in Bali? What are If they're doing this, why can't I? I can start my own business. So I started kind of doing the process and researching what can I do and not only what are the business models, but what can be something that I actually want to do? Because if I have to work hard, it's not going to be easy to build a business. I need to actually care about it. So we have the lovely term ikigai. It's Japanese and it means reason for being. You guys might be aware and so it's blending what you love. I love that. Yeah. So good. What you're good at, what you love and what you're good at, what the world needs. And of course, like, how can you make money too? So um, I figured an agency model would work well with my past experience in kind of PR and media, even a little bit of project management. I wanted to do something that could give back to the world in a way, but I also realized, okay, an agency model works well, but I wanted to be creative. I'm not trying to run Facebook ads. Seems so boring. And I realized that animation was trending. And I was so excited because I loved the aspect of getting a client, figuring out how can we tell this story in a way that, you know, is going to be engaging and emotionally compelling. And I have no limits because in animation, you don't need to go film something. You don't need to get the specific actors. Whatever I can conceive in my imagination, we can put in the video. There's no limits. It can be totally abstract. One time we made an elephant like breakdancing on the moon because <laughs> we want people to, we want to be memorable. And our logo is an elephant to symbolize prosperity, prosperitas. And so we put an elephant just freaking going with just dancing it up and it's impossible. But that's kind of the point we wanted to make and also be memorable. And elephants have good memories. But anyway, I'm rambling. Yes, so after that, we just everything blends together really well. I've got this great business model. I get to be really creative. Also, it's so rewarding because 
we're actually really good at it. And so when we tell the story of, let's say, Schoolio, for example, and we can articulate the magic of it and the impact and maybe even what happens if you don't work with Schoolio or sign up, if we can articulate that and make the viewers feel into that emotion in a better way than you can just describe it, then we're helping you catapult your mission in the world and we're kind of like collectively making an impact. So we're doing what we do best. You're doing what you do best. I love and that. Together, I love that. Further. So it's very rewarding, this kind of beautiful catapult. You, I, love, I love everything you said so far. And I've got so many layers of questions. But since you talked about the Japanese philosophy of life, one of the things I've been studying about is these transitions in life. And my thesis or my approach right now in life is I had a starting of a life that I had no control over. A bunch of people made some choices and influences and et cetera. And then I lived a period of my life in reaction to those people, good or bad. Only time would tell. But I lived in a reactionary period. Then at some point, I was exhausted of reactionary life. Call it the midlife crisis, whatever people term it. And then I determined what my life looks like. What are the choices I want to make? Who are the people I'm going to choose to be sort of make them unhappy because I'm not living their lifestyle. I feel like you're in that third category after going from the life that you were given to the marine biologist, to the COVID thing and an awakening. I'm curious, looking backwards, what was that initial life like? Were your parents entrepreneurs? Were you sort of pushed into a certain style of thinking that is now gone? Where is this new reaction or your life coming from? Yeah. So growing up, there was always a lot of pressure on me to perform. It's like if I wasn't doing everything as I was supposed to, then there would be, it felt like there were consequences for me, like disappointment. And when you're just a little girl, that carries a lot of weight and it's scary. So I was like, even now, I feel like I'm kind of, I notice myself being really almost like a control freak, control freak on myself because I'm trying to like protect myself and make sure that everything's going to be okay and I'm going to be accepted. And so there was kind of this shift around that, that point in my life. I think I was 25 or 26. It was kind of like taking inventory of my life. Like, okay, what's my family relationship dynamic? What are my friends? Are, are my friends good for me? Do I want to be around people like them? The, the job was a big one, of course, and that kind of catapulted everything else. But yeah, I had to ask myself these questions. And for sure, there was just a lot of kind of doing what I was supposed to do just I never I always felt like different I always felt like I didn't quite fully fit in and then I started this business and I was able to part of the reason I wanted to start it this way was so that I could travel and explore and you know not explore in a way of sightseeing and everything like that but in a way of being expansive and understanding people who are different from me, more fortunate, less fortunate, 
different cultures, even different ages, like all of that. I've just always been so drawn to. And oh, I could just talk forever about this kind of stuff, but yeah, there was something about it's, it's, it's... go ahead. So sorry, as, as you're reminiscing, none of this stuff is supposed to be easy, right? Life is not supposed to be easy. Entrepreneurship as a choice is not easy. Dion and I talk about it all the time. Yes, the label is entrepreneurship and there's a process that people can follow. You can go to school, you can learn this stuff as a, as a, as a course, but really entrepreneurship is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It is choices you make from the minute you get up to the minute you decide you can actually go to bed. Let's talk about your business a little bit. What is that like? You get up in the morning, you're an entrepreneur now, how is your day designed? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's tough because being an entrepreneur, you can say, oh, I'm, I'm not going to work today. I'm just going to take today off, which is great and it's beautiful. But also there's always this kind of little voice like, you're not working, you're not going to make money. And if you don't make money, then you're not going to have like, so it can be hard to actually relax sometimes. And I've noticed in the last couple of months, I've, I've been working really hard and like out of like, it's beautiful. I'm determined and I'm feeling very ambitious, but I'm also feeling a little bit like I have to check myself sometimes like, okay, relax a little bit. Stop being so compulsive about it. So if I, my rule is to not start working in the morning, even though I look at my email and I see the things I got to do or client email comes in and I want to take care of it immediately. Like I love to get things done and just get it off my chest, like send it out. But I can't do that. It disrupts my whole day. I need to start off with my spiritual ritual, which could be one or two or three of combination of morning pages, which is um beautiful concept where you write three pages, stream of consciousness. Don't try to make it nice or pretty. Like I literally can say stuff like, I have to go to the bathroom or, oh my gosh, I need to do my laundry. And then by the second page, I start talking about kind of I uncover some truths that I didn't really realize that's hanging out up here. You think you know everything because it's in your head. Once you put pen to paper, it's cool the discoveries that you can make. So I'll be like, oh, that's how I really feel about my dad. I didn't realize that. <laughs> and then by the next page, I'm into like my manifesting and my gratitude. And so that's usually how the structure naturally goes. Once I do that, I feel clear and I feel like I've got this stuff that's swimming up here out. So now I have better focus and also creativity um, and just peace and joy. I also like to meditate, whether it's a guided meditation or just transcendental meditation where you basically just sit there and try to have no thought and movement, going for a walk, even just having that morning cup of matcha or coffee. But definitely I need to have some sort of sacred time in the morning to balance myself out. Otherwise, I'll just get too like stimulated and kind of make myself stressed out for no reason. Because at the end of the day, everything's good. It's going to be fine. So yeah, that's, that's what really we got to start the 
We we got to start the three pages in the morning routine. I like to like to see what you come up with. But over to you. <laughs> oh my god, no! I don't want to do that. The the dribble <laughs> that will come out of this overworked mind is not going to be healthy for consumption. Hey, tell me a little bit about Prosperitas. So you were working in a full time job. You decided, you know what? This is not for me. I need to make a change. Take us through the journey of finding your first client. How did you actually go about doing that? How did you pitch your business? Yeah, so I I always laugh about, I wish I could have those meetings recorded, the first few ones. Like, what the heck was I even saying? You got to start somewhere and practice made perfect. Surprisingly, I got a lot of calls in, in the beginning and I wish I should reach back out to those people and and say, hey, we're a little different now. But anyway, I remember... My first client, his name is Sergio, and he is Latino in the Bay Area. And he didn't need a video, to be honest. Like, he could use it, but he didn't really need it or want it that bad. He just said, if I can support, you're a woman, you're technically a minority, and if I can support you in your entrepreneur journey, let me help you because I faced a lot of adversity in my journey. So wow. let me buy a video. And I was like, oh, my God, my first client. I was freaking out. I was so excited. I It was that the validation I needed to keep going. And it didn't take too long to get that first video. We kind of started the process around June of 2020. And then that was in August. So I was pretty excited and yeah, from there, then I had something to show. And slowly, 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 I started building the portfolio. So in the nature of a video business, the portfolio is really important. So those first few clients in that first year, like I wasn't, you can't see those videos anymore. Those are not public. (laughs) But you have to start somewhere. And so it's great, just the different steps and stages and the people along the way who who believed in us. And I was telling you guys a little bit how I'm going to tap into public speaking a bit. And a big part of what I'm talking about is that the steps, sometimes the steps you take for your own professional growth can be the step of a ladder that someone else needs to take the next step. So like, it's not just that I did a good job as being an entrepreneur and business owner. There were people along the way who took even just simple steps. I mean, I think he bought the video for something like $400. It was something ridiculous, but it was great for me. And yeah, so I just, I'm grateful for for the journey. And here we are, like we've got, we've worked with big clients like DoorDash and Pfizer and Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And I'm quite pleased with the progress we made in such a short time. And I'm so excited to see where things progress. Did you start your business on your own, Kibi? Yes. So you were doing sales, you were doing the marketing, you were doing the creative, everything? Everything but the the design. So I come up with the con, of course, get the clients, project management. And then once we get the client, I kind of do the discovery process and try to get all the meat and potatoes, but also those 
emotionally compelling things that can help us craft a really nice narrative. But then I work, I collaborate with my design team. So they understand how I think and, and talk, and then they're able to bring it to life. So it's really a nice collaboration. I wouldn't be able to do it without them. The reason I ask that question is because in most instances, oh, well, we've had a conversation with a number of people and they've said, you can't start a business without a co-founder, or we all don't have the same inherent skills. I'm a good ex executor. I'm not a good salesperson. Mm -hmm. If you go out on your own, right? So just listening to you now, where does your strength lie? Are you an executor? Are you a visionary? Are you a strategist? Are you a salesperson? That's my first question. And the follow-up question is those skills that you're not good at, how did you in the beginning almost compensate for that? Right. So I'm one of those creative people. So any of the systems and processes and kind of like doing the same thing over and over again, it's really hard for me to do. Like I'll, I'll be like, sit, do the outreach. Oh, it's. I tell myself and then I can't, I can't do it. It's like when I'm, I'm picking my cuticles and I'm like, stop picking your cuticles, stop picking your cuticles. This sometimes the way the, the brain is wired different. So yeah, I am really good at thinking of just amazing video concepts. Like when we get a project, like, oh man, how are we going to do this? I wonder what it's going to look like. There's a world of possibilities. And then like, I give myself some time and then all of a sudden I'm like, Phew, and I start like writing the outline for the video and I see it in my head and it's like really amazing. And I think that that comes naturally to me, but I think that would be really hard for some people where, and then in terms of the illustration and animation, I'm very creative, but I cannot draw. I can't, and animation is really complex. So my team's really good at that. And then in terms of sales, my, I'm not really one of those salesy people. I My sales approach is, hey, this is me. Just like I'm talking to you guys now, I'm conversational. If you like what we're doing, if you like me, because you're going to be working with me, great. I'm not like doing these tactics that are trending right now. And I, I hate it kind of when people do that to me and it works and I have to be skeptical and then now I shouldn't work with you when you're doing these things to me. But <laughs> I mean, to compensate for some of the other things I'm lacking in was that we don't need everything. We don't need, if you start a business, don't think that you need a department for everything and you need to do every single thing out there. Find something that works. And for me, we have the creative, we have the fulfillment. And then I'm doing a lot of LinkedIn networking and outreach. That's a website. I don't need to make a funnel. I mean, I should, but starting up, don't feel like you need to hire a salesperson or you need to like do every single thing that everyone else is doing. Your business, I mean, simple is the best. The more simple you can be, the happier mm -hmm. you'll be, stress free. If you can make money with like, doing focusing your attention on a couple of different things besides overwhelming yourself and when you're not especially as starting up in the year one find strategic partners you can do a trade or you can refer things to each other or they might just be willing to 
help you out in some way, like do networking. People, these creative strategic partnerships, there's so many different complementary services that can really help you succeed. And I owe a lot of my first year success to there's Caleb Marsh from Red Legend Media. They make live action videos and they also develop apps. So when the live action video wasn't a good fit and animation was better, they sent it to us. And whenever they would finish an app, apps need animated videos. It's right, just right. Much better and animating the UI. So yeah, partnerships like that. Don't feel like you have to do everything. Just start small and keep it stupid simple. Kiss. <laughs> and like that, how do you keep yourself accountable? So one of the one of the ways Dion protects my crazy, I'm going to take over the world attitude every single morning is he holds me accountable to actual deliverables and milestones in the company. And when you're on your own, you're the, you're the top boss, you're at the top, there's nobody above you. How do you plan your business? How do you plan your sort of sales objectives or personal growth? Do you, do you have a mentor? Do you have a system in place to, to hold yourself accountable? Real talk. This is a hard one for me because I don't, li- I, I don't mind accountability, but oftentimes with accountability comes structure and I don't like structure. And I like to do things. I'm like airy spirit who likes to do one thing. I might just be walking and then I'll have an That's you, Satish. Yeah. That's you. That's you. (laughs) Keely, we are best friends. You don't even know it, Keely. I knew it from the first couple of minutes we've chatted. Um, Yeah, I might have like an idea just like into my head. And then I write it down in my ongoing list of to-do. There's no order to it. It's just a list. And I refer to it sometimes and think, what do I feel like doing now? And one day I might do like a new campaign on LinkedIn or another. The next day I might be like, oh, I'm going to email this particular video example to past people I spoke to and just say, hey, look at this video we just did. Does it spark any interest? Like. I just think of these random ideas. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no systems. I know I need more systems. I've tried coaching in the past. It's it's hard. It's like, then I feel, it's funny because I'm sure I would benefit a lot from having systems, but it's, it was really hard for me to carry them out because then I feel like resistance and I don't find as much joy in what I'm doing. And part of the reason I founded this was to have more quality of life. So it's like, I want to succeed, but I also want to remember the why. And if I'm just making myself, like, I've tried some of these different programs and even outreach methods and things like that where I have to, like, be really on top of things every single day. And it just becomes this drag and it's distracting me from the creative and it's distracting me from the bigger picture. So I don't know. I kind of believe that with whatever I've been doing now, <laughs> kind of amazing how, how well we've done. So, but I do know I need a little bit more help. I did just hire a salesperson. I know I was saying you don't need a salesperson, but <laughs> and 
The way that it came to me was someone actually that I already know and trust from college. And he right. was doing a similar job for another company. And he was saying something like he got a sale with Pepsi for 100K. And so I'm thinking, we can try, try but yeah. It's a good adventure. It's a good adventure. Sales folks, you have to consider them, but you also have to. Dion and I talk, it's funny how much we were talking about. We talked about this morning. I had the bad habit of wanting something so bad that the first person who shows up, I'm like, yes. Yeah. And we went through this process of like, I've been selling and I think we need to either clone me or find somebody that I can vibe with to go sell. As soon as I put those words out into my morning manifestation, everybody I met was a salesperson was really good. And I'm like, Dion, man, I feel like I'm in that zone where everybody yeah. that I want is showing up every day. And this is not yeah. good. I need a better way to vet them. Right. At least he got options though, right? It's, it's crazy. I want to go man. back to the previous caller. I would like to go back to that previous conversation about how you hold yourself accountable. And you, based on the conversation, Keely, you are a bit of a free spirit. You go with the flow. You aren't that structured and things like that. Now, that's great for you. But as an, a team member looking to you for guidance, it could seem quite chaotic. How do you then make sure that that chaos in your mind is filtered down into a structured execution plan to your team? Mm-hmm. So yeah, even though I'm a free spirit, I'm I'm definitely an action taker. And I the thing is is that I like to take action immediately. So I don't like planning too much or ruminating too much. I like spreadsheets where I can see everything spelled out all at once. It feels really good and then we tackle it one thing at a time. So there's that. It's just kind of like the re- repetitive stuff that can be hard and even actually yesterday when I was journaling, I was like, maybe I'm being too like a breathing down the neck of, of Amen, my creative director. But it's just because I I want to see everything moving in process. I, I, I keep up with everyone and kind of manage. So I think that also, I don't know if you're into astrology, but I'm a Libra, which is all about balance. So even if I don't have this like, general structure I'm kind of addicted to like having my day be balanced out with a little bit of work a little bit of just solo rest recharge a little bit of the social interaction and maybe something else creative like so every day like has to have this kind of balance and I think that's kind of how I stay accountable is taking if I don't take care of myself then we're overworking isn't going to actually make the best results. If I don't work at all, then I'm going to not take care of myself because I'm not being responsible. So it's all about like being intuitive and thinking about like, you know what, today I need rest or today I had a week off. I went to Mexico a couple weeks ago. And then when I got back, I'm like hitting the ground running. So it's all about balance and kind of just keeping good tabs on on the state of the union <laughs> and communication. And if you don't mind me asking, I mean, in terms, so you're quite new in this journey. What 
has this journey taught you that if you could do it over again, you would do it slightly differently? That's a good question. Quite pleased with how everything has gone because even if there were times where we weren't making very much money or maybe kind of got in with the wrong people who were supposed to help me and I ended up wasting money or things like that. Like it's all a learning. It sounds cheesy, but it's all a learning experience. And growth oftentimes comes from discomfort. And when you really want something, really need something, it's amazing like what you can accomplish. So yeah, I mean, it started from being in a really bad position at my last job. Like it was not, it was very toxic, the workplace. I didn't mention too much about that, but it was, it was severely affecting my mental health. And so I knew that I needed to make a change. So that was like the first step. Then, okay, great. I've got this business running. Now it's like, all right, we're doing this. It started working. So let's, let's make sure it's sustainable. Let's keep going. So that, you know, I'm trying to figure out the best ways to keep it going. And yeah, I, I wouldn't have done anything differently. I mean, maybe I would have started networking sooner instead of waiting a few months. It was once I started actually networking. And yeah, it was in the pandemic, but there were all these virtual events um, and a lot of people who were craving connection. So I think that act, that actually helped me even more than had I started a year before when people may not have been as open to all of the connection. I mean, I took, that's probably why I got so many sales calls because there was nothing else to do. <laughs> so people are meeting this random girl <laughs> because oh, I decided to start a mini makeup studio. Yeah, why not? <laughs> no, everything worked out perfect. I feel very much like I'm, I've been on the right path and I feel like I'm, been able to really come into my own through this studio i don't i don't think that it's a coincidence that i chose an animation studio there's a lot of things that tell me that this is what i was here to do and but then beyond that i felt like in the last six months or so like i feel like this is what i'm supposed to do but there's another level to it and i wasn't sure what that was and now I think it's kind of telling my story and inspiring people and kind of relating the themes of making the impossible possible, like an animation, because you can put whatever you want on a screen, but you can make the impossible possible in your own life. And by doing so, it can actually change other people's lives. So it's like a beautiful, beautiful aligned story. It's, it's using storytelling. You can storyboard your life out. You can storyboard your goals so what's your goal draft each scene and visualize each scene out think about what are the emotions at each stage and then attach operations to each scene it's like beautiful the how everything speaks to each other taking steps leaving in yourself and then at the end hey you can that makes an impact on your community or your loved ones and the people around you. And Dion, just for context, that was one of the things that we connected on that I actually have. She was telling me about her tattoo. And I was like, I actually have impossible oh. as possible tattooed oh, right here. Right. 
And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm just sitting, I'm just sitting listening to you, Keely. And I mean, you say making the impossible possible. In your case, I mean, it's not actually lip service because you told us that there was a lot of pressure on you growing up. Then you moved to a work environment that was toxic, that had an impact on your life. And the choice of standing still was actually no longer a choice because that was the worst outcome for you. And what you did was you took that, turned it into a business that you've actually grown and you are now delivering amazing stories to people. And, and I think that's quite amazing that a lot of people, when they think that I can't do it, or I don't have the balls to actually take that leap of faith, you've overcome a lot of, I'm assuming, a lot of insecurities as well, because with that type of pressure that gets placed, placed on you as a youngster, it can actually break you. But you've taken that and turned it into a positive and, and you've built a business off the back of, of that drive to, to give back and do something different. Yeah, and I, Which I think is amazing. The amount of growth that it's not just the business. I've grown so much personally. I've learned a lot about myself. I have not only freedom to add more different cool values to my life, but also in in discovering what's truly inside. I'm making my own decisions. I, I'm I'm the captain of the ship. And no one's telling me what to do or what I have to do. It's all on me. And then I keep going, going, kind of follow that intuition and instinct. And then one day I realize, wow, I see what just happened. Like I didn't just start a random, random company doing animation. I did something that I am really supposed to do. And yeah. So that's the the change. I'm like, not, I'm a completely different person, but not really because I'm actually the most me I've ever been. Wow. So like the, whoever that was, was like a girl hiding and she was insecure and she didn't, she made decisions based on society or family or friends. I was underdeveloped and now I feel like I'm really fully expressing myself and my essence you are living your life I am I'm living my truth your life Dion before we continue I just want to ask one quick question during your morning practice and I'm trying to get better at this spiritual stuff which is for me really tough in the next eight eight months or so if we were to check in with you January 2024, what is the one thing you're trying to manifest? Whether it's a business goal or a personal goal. I like personal goals more because business is business. But I'm curious, what is the one thing you're trying to manifest for yourself as a, as a 2023 moment? Yeah, I'd love to have... It, it's pretty simple, actually. I'm not asking for the moon or anything, but... I'd love to work with more companies who are really making a social impact. And I love when technology is involved. So companies that already have a big, like we can reach wider audiences with, but then we'll use our magic to make that, um, you know, the presence go further. 
and therefore like impact different communities or whatever it is, education, sustainability, women's empowerment. Maybe it's just help. It doesn't always have to be these very obvious social impact. It could be helping people succeed in their business and like look what that did for me. So that helps the individuals. And when you can help individuals, that's can be a lot stronger sometimes than helping a community a little bit if you can help an individual a lot and change their life. So that's one of the goals. But also, so my designer, his name's Eamon. His mom doesn't work and his dad has been sick. And so his dad can't work. And Eamon is 19 years old. He's amazing. He actually lied to me about his age when we first met. And I t- we told each other, I said, you changed my life. Without you, I don't think we'd be so successful. And he said, you changed my life. Um, he supports his whole family with the money he makes from, from the job. And he's got two sisters, two little sisters, and he's like the man of the house. And so wow. I talk all about like wanting to give back to making these awesome videos and impacting communities and the world, making the world a better place. But it was so, so rewarding to know that I changed one family's life drastically. So it's beautiful. So I don't need to, I don't need to have these big goals. I think that they will just happen if I keep living truthfully. It will be beautiful. I can, I don't know, but I'll tell you in January, maybe some more discoveries we made. And then on another note, I want to inspire more people to take action. And hopefully they don't have to be as uncomfortable as I was to take the action. Maybe I can catch them before. And so I'd like to do this in my public speaking journey. And like I said, my first event is in a couple weeks. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see if I even like it. Maybe I'm, maybe I blow it. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, I'd like to go to more events and, and tell my story and hopefully put the feather in people, but take action. <laughs> On that note, I don't know how else we could we could get the best home, but <laughs> over to you, Dion. Well, Kili, we this is a podcast where we're trying to give new entrepreneurs some advice, some practical advice, and we will ask questions about tools that you use, productivity hacks, and things like that. But this conversation, I don't think actually justifies me asking those type of questions. So, I guess I'm going to end by asking you. What is the one life lesson that you've learned now through this journey that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? So many, but we are all our own brand of magic. So don't compare yourself to others. You have to just listen to yourself and like picture what is your goal? Like, close your eyes, tap into that feeling of where are you? Who are you with? What does it feel like? What does it smell like? What do you look like? How does it really, how does it feel? And then operate from that feeling that you get. Don't operate from a place of lack and take action. Okay. You're not going to 
You're not going to get much done by sitting around doing nothing. So take some action. Be positive. Think of the feeling. Operate from that, not the place of lack and being hard on yourself and comparing yourself to others because we're all different. And my agency journey isn't going to be the same as your agency journey. So just do it. Kitty, on that note, if people want to find out more about you, follow you, find out more about your business, where do they go? Yeah, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Keely O'Connor. You can check out our website, prosperitasagency.com, and feel free to reach out there. But yeah, those would be the best spots. Year One is hosted by Dion Kloppers and Safish Bala and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. It is engineered by BlueMex. For more Year One content subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit BlueMex.io to join us on Discord.